In one of my, uh, a church that I was at previously uh, in Brisbane, um, there was a, a family gathering and um, all, all a brother and sister, both grown adults at the time, and they were at the brother's place uh, having a, sort of a family uh, function. And the sister went to the toilet and for whatever reason the door handle broke and she was trapped in the toilet. Like, and, and she began to panic. She was calling out, she was screaming out. The brother, though, um, it was his personality. He was very um, cost-aware. Um, and so he didn't like um, spending money on stuff that he didn't need to. So he was going to go, I'll fix the door. I don't want to break it down. But she's panicking so much. Like, she's going, just break it down. Get me out of here. Oh, no, I'll fix it. Just, just hold your horses. I mean, he's probably thinking... Well, well, you've got a toilet in there. What else do you need? Like, um, you're, you're right. You don't, it's not like you're, you're busting on the outside of the toilet. You're inside. Grab a seat even. Just relax. But the space became so small for her that she just became so panicked that her husband, who was there, went, OK, let's, let's just kick the door down so we can get her out. Of course, the brother was, was very disappointed in this because all of a sudden he had to repair um, aspects of the door, which all of a sudden, I didn't have to do that. I could have just, I could have just taken my time. But, for, but the thing is, she was trapped. She didn't like being trapped. She was panicked being trapped. And, and the thing is, none of us, has anyone ever sort of been at like a bottom, bottom of a dog pile? Like if you had one of those where everyone jumps on top of you and you're stuck on the bottom, you can't move. Like some of, our, some of you people may have not experienced that, but I know I've, been, I've instigated that quite often. Um, so I, I, I know the feeling. When you're stuck on the bottom and, and everyone up the top, they can't even hear you and you, you start to panic, I'm trapped, I can't breathe. Get off me, get off me, get off me. The sad thing is though, often in our lives, we end up in a cage that either sometimes we're not even aware of or we become very comfortable with. And that's what we're going to be talking about for a large part today because the first thing we need to admit in our lives is that there is a cage. There is a cage. It's there. It's, it's, it's something that like, can surround us. And for some of us, it can be a range of things. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. It can be a range of ways that we can feel trapped and we can feel sort of in a cage. But we've got to admit there is a cage there. And, and Paul, who wrote the, 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 the Bible reading that Elaine read to us this morning... He actually sort of, I suppose, acknowledged there was a cage in his own life. And in verse 18 of chapter 7, he said, And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do this, but it doesn't happen. I don't want to do this and do this instead. And all of a sudden, I go on with my life doing things that I don't enjoy I go on with my life doing things that I don't want to do. And I'm going, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be trapped in this life that I am. That's what Paul was talking about. And what we, we really do need to come away with is, is, is ask the question, what are we caged by? What are we caged by? And this is a list. This is not even a comprehensive list, but this is part of a list. We heard Greg share earlier about the, the possibility to be to be caged by hurt and grief. We can be uh, caged by pain, whether that's physical pain or whether that's spiritual or emotional pain. We can be caged by our past. Anyone sort of do things that they do today because of stuff that happened in their past, whether it was yesterday, whether it was 20 years ago? 
It's amazing how quickly we can, we can be defined by something that happened to us as a child. And it's like some of us, it might be 30, 40 years ago, but we still sort of are trapped into that way of thinking. We still go back to being that child when it happens. We're caged by our past. For some of us, we can be caged by our present. We can have a look around and you go, you know what? The job I, I'm working, it's no good, there's not enough money, I don't get enough hours, I wish I could be somewhere else, I hate my boss, I hate my workmates, I don't like doing this job, but I've got to show up because I've got to pay the bills. I'm caged by my present. And maybe even your situation in life is not sort of working. And you look around at your friends and family and you go, oh, my present is no good, I feel trapped by it. Sometimes if we get caged by our present, all of a sudden we become caged by our future because all of a sudden we go, you know what, this is all I'll ever be or this is all I'll ever accomplish. And you go, all of a sudden you actually forget about hope. We can be caged by expectation. Has everyone ever sort of wanted you to do stuff? Going, you should be doing this and you should be doing that. For some of us, some of us here might be people pleasers and all of a sudden that becomes a really big cage because... All of a sudden, we want to make everyone happy, except everyone wants different things. It's like me having to stand up the front like with that um, one-man band kind of thing. So I'll play something that at least everyone likes, but then everyone goes, I don't like it together. Like, we can get trapped in that. You can get trapped sort of trying to meet the expectation of your kids, your boss, your workmates. You can get sort of trapped in meeting the expectations of a whole range of things. Of, of, of church, of religion, of God. God expects me to do this and I've, I've got to do it, otherwise God is going to be disappointed in me. We can be caged by a lack of hope. We can be caged by bitterness and unforgiveness. I have seen people who are stuck in a hurt that happened 30 years ago, but because of that, all the way forward for them is is just flooded by that bitterness. All the good things that come their way are tainted by that bitterness. All the, all the, all the easy times are, so, well, it's just not, not going to last. It's just not going to happen. I'm sure it's going to sort of blow up in my face like it did last time. And the bitterness takes a hold. And unforgiveness grabs, grabs onto them, grabs onto their heart. We might be caged by bad relationships. We might be caged by work, um, the need or the desire to work, and maybe, and this is where we can get so stuck on this, is that maybe if I, there's that little thought, if I work harder, I work better, I change job, maybe I can get myself out of the cage that I find myself in. Maybe, maybe if I just do this, things will change for me. We actually see that with probably the generation that's underneath me, where to stay in one job for 40 years is no longer done because they're looking for that, that next best thing, that next best thing. And I've found it in my own life, when I've, I've worked a job and when I'm coming to the end of a job, you always look at how bad it is. So you, you sort of, you're, you're excited about going on to that new, new thing. And so, oh yeah, you may not be saying I hate, but oh, I can't wait to leave this pressure behind or this thing behind. And then you get to the new job and you go, well, you know what? That old job wasn't too bad. I, I, actually, I wish I was back there right now. But we sort of go, if I just change, things will get better. We spoke about this already this morning. We can be caged by our identity. You might get to the point saying, this is all that I am. I will never be anything else. And so what is the point? That's a cage. That's a cage over our minds. 
We can be caged by struggle and trial. We, 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 and that, that happens at different times of our lives. Something comes along and all of a sudden we weren't expecting it and all of a sudden we've got to deal with it and you go, I don't know how long I can go on with doing this but it's my reality, I'm getting worn down thin by it and we become caged by struggle and, I, and, and, and a trial. Something else that probably defines a lot of this though and Paul actually hits on this in uh, verse 23. He said, but there is another power within me. Now, power is one of those things that, okay, it's got, it's got some oomph in his life. That is at war in my mind. So when he says it's power, he's not saying it's good power. This is bad power that's actually working against me. It's actually at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. See, when I talk about being caged, a lot of that stuff that I talked about, a lot of that that list would actually involve this idea of, of, of sin at work in our lives, sin at work in our world. And Paul sort of says, this power that is at work against me, is that war in my life, it's making me a slave to sin. We've sung those words this morning, we are no longer slaves. And yet, our sin, the devil using that sin, he says, I want to make you trapped. I want you to live here forever. I want you to live in this experience. And the thing is, some of us, we get to the point where we go, that is our reality, and this is what we start to do. Well, if there's no way out, there's no way out, I might as well get used to it. So what do we do? Well, we end up sort of accepting the cage as our reality, and we start to do things. We, we accept it. We, we get used to it. And, and so all of a sudden we go, well, we start actually talking it up. Well, it's not that bad of a cage. It's actually uh, uh, like it's quite a nice design. It's got plenty of room. I can sort of function within it. It's not that bad. Yes, I'm in a cage, but really, how, how hard is it out in the real world outside my cage anyway? It's nice and safe in here. But you're still trapped. We also get to the point where we start to say more than that. We, we don't just accept it. We say, oh, you know what, it's actually, we're going to keep on developing my cage. We start getting to the point where we actually try and make it more comfortable. So we get to the point where we start to, I don't know if this is going to work. I'm going to have to go up this. I'm going to put it here. A rooftop bar top, uh, bar tub. Um, we, we get, we'll dress it all up over this way. Let's put some stuff over here. And what else can we put in it? Oh, this will work out well. Let's see how good my balance is. Oh. And so all of a sudden we go, you know what? My cage is actually looking really good right now. The thing that traps me, the thing that keeps me in prison is now a good thing in my life. And don't say we don't do it. That's exactly what we do. We get into a horrible situation. We go, you know what? I'm going to make this, I'm just going to make the best of a bad thing. We make the best of a bad thing. We make it comfortable. But the reality is with that, we lie to ourselves to make it acceptable to live in the cage that is around us. But the reality is there is still a cage and even if we pretend we are free, this is not the reality. I see so many of us in this world are basically, all we're doing is redefining what the cage is so to make it acceptable. We, we live in a world that we kind of, 
we actually elevate sin and, and the things that God says, these are things that imprison you. Why, why get entangled with those? We have so many in the world saying, you know what? I can do this if I want to. I can be this if I want to. And God is actually looking down in his wisdom saying, but that will actually put you in prison. Why would you willingly go into a cage? Why would you willingly go into a prison and make yourself trapped? And I think sometimes we turn around to God and we say, but look at my cage. It's so good. Look at what I've done with it. God, you gave... Yes, the cage wasn't too good when I got there, but I've dressed it up. I've decorated it. It's like with an aquarium. They're swimming around and they put a picture on the back wall to to make it pretty for the fish. I'm not sure if the fish care at all. Okay? I, again, it's probably a vanity sake for the, for the fish owner to say, oh, look what I've done for the fish. Okay? That fish would actually like to be out in the wilderness swimming around, but we've made a cage and made it look pretty, and now the fish will be happy for the three seconds that its memory works. And then for the three... Imagine a fish having a bad day. It'll be over it real quick. So, like... Um, but the thing is, this is what we end up doing with our cage. We, we just accept the reality that is there. So what we do need to do, there needs to be a shift of thinking. And this is part of what Jesus came to do. He actually came to the point where he actually wanted to make us aware that the cage is there and that it is a bad thing. We need to accept the truth of our cage. We need to accept the fact that we are prisoners, that we are trapped, we are in shackles. We need to accept that truth. And if we don't, if we keep pressing on with that idea, it just gets worse. Years ago, I was at a... um, uh, a kids club camp and I was, when I was very, a lot younger, um, I was helping out and I was just an assistant at the time and we went out down from Toowoomba down to Coochie Mudlow Island off Brisbane. And so uh, basically the, the island, you just jump on the ferry, it's about 10 minutes, 15 minutes across and then where we were staying, we just walked from the, the beach up to the house and on the Saturday afternoon, um, the director had a really bad migraine and so I said, oh, I'll... I'll take, like, I think we had seven or eight kids there. I'll take you guys with me. We'll go for a walk. And I thought, great, let's, let's see if we can walk around the island. Like, so you, can, you know how you have those goals, like I've climbed that mountain or I've walked there and I can say I've walked around that? So we set off to walk around. So we walked down to the other side of the island and we just started to walk around. And at the beginning it wasn't too bad. Well, there was a bit of water. The kids had to bring a, a, a second pair of shoes just in case they got dirty so if we could go in our good shoes to church the next day. So I went, oh yeah, it's all right, we can walk in a bit of water, we can walk in a bit of sand. Then it started to get muddy. And the beginning wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. So we just kept pressing on and kept walking and kept walking and, and, we, and we got to the point it started getting a bit harder to get our shoes out of the mud and I'm thinking, where's the sand again? When is it coming? Is it going to happen soon? Are we almost around to the other side? Um, and, and the kids are sort of, I'm trying to keep confident and calm while this is happening. And then as we're walking and the mud is coming up and you're... <laughs> Every time your feet come out of the mud, and then one girl, after she hears that sound, I hear her screaming and crying. I'm going, oh no, what's happened? What had happened? As as she pulled her foot out of the mud, the mud hung onto her shoe. And so this 10-year-old girl had to put her foot down in, in ankle-deep mud. It was the grossest thing in the world for her. And so basically I dug in and pulled the shoe out and got it on. But then I realised, I'm going, we can't keep going through this mud and have a victory here. We can't keep going. And so we kind of went, okay, 
we sort of like even to get back to where the bush bushland was, there was probably about a, a 20, 30 metre walk. I'm going, okay guys, let's walk, walk with me, we'll get over here, we'll get to that first step. But I had to accept we were we we're gonna get we're gonna get trapped again, we're gonna get stuck again. And so we need to get to the point where we accept the reality of the cage and say, hey, this is not good for me. I am trapped, I'm in prison. Psalm 40 verse 2, he says, He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on solid ground, and he steadied me as I walked along. Again, that's what God wants to do for us. There is this desire in his heart saying, I see that you're stuck. In fact, it's really obvious to me. Like We, we kind of pretend that we, the cage is not there, and we, we run, uh, run into other people with their cages. We ignore their cages, they ignore our cages, it's all good. We live in a world where people are in prison, but everyone ignores each other's cage. Unless it gets really bad and say, hey, you really need to stop doing that. But when, when God looks at us, he can't help but see the cage. He can't help but see that we're trapped because he created us to be free. He can't help but see that. Romans 7.24 really sums this up well. And it says, Oh, what a miserable person I am who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death. This is Paul speaking, saying, I'm terrible. I am terrible. I'm a miserable person. And who will set me free? Who will do it? That becomes a question I want to ask you this morning. Who will set me free? Who will sort of, who will sort of do something in my life? And I'm going to show a, a quick video that talks about this this morning. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Excuse me, son. Yeah? What have you got there? Got, got some birds, some wild birds. Really? Yeah. Where'd you get them? Got them in the field over there. There's a field with wild birds. Huh. Yeah. Well, if you don't mind my asking, what are you going to do with them? I want to play games with them. Games? Yeah, I like to play games with wild birds, yeah. What kind of games? Um, sometimes I like to poke a stick in there, you know, and they'll be like, caw, 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 like that, you know? And then sometimes I like to rattle up to the cage, and they think it's an earthquake, and they love that. What happens to them after you're done playing games with them? Mm, usually I feed them my cat. Yeah, my cat likes wild birds. i tell you what. I am fond of wild birds. You are? Yeah, let me buy them from you. You want to buy my wild birds? Yeah. We're no good for nothing. They can't do no tricks or nothing. And when you open this gate, they're just going to fly away. How much? You're serious? I'm very serious. $5. All right. $10. Okay. $20. They're wild birds. They're exotic birds. You found them in a field. An exotic field. All right. That's all I got. See you looking at the cage. Yeah. What do you got in there? You know what's in there. Mankind. Found him in the garden. 
funny thing is they put themselves in that cage. I had nothing to do with it. So what's your plans with them? I'm gonna play games with them. Games? What kind of games? All kinds of games. I'm gonna put games into their life that they think is gonna bring them so much pleasure. Then I'm gonna turn the world upside down. I'm gonna make right seem wrong and wrong seem right. And then? They'll be damned for all eternity. My father and I, we're very fond of mankind. I know. We want them to have access to us. So, I'm going to pay for their freedom. You want these humans? Yeah. You know they've promised you everything before. They're going to turn their backs on you. Some will, and some won't. You're serious? Oh, I'm very serious. It'll cost you your tears. I know. Your blood. Yeah. It'll cost you your life. I know. You're willing to give your life. I'm willing to give what it takes. This reminds us about what Jesus did for us on the cross. He picked up that wooden cross and carried it to Mount Calvary because he loved you and me. The answer to the question of who will set me free is, was in that video. Jesus basically gave all of himself so that all of humanity could be free. Um, and when we, that's, that's a big group, but then we break it down. That means God did all that he did so that you could be free, so that I could be free, that we could be free together. And we're going to be talking about that a, a lot more next week. So that's going to be sort of an intro to next week because we've got to talk about why Jesus and what Jesus and, and who Jesus was to be able to do that. But the thing is, if you are tired of living in this... If you are tired of living trapped, if you are tired of living in a cage and being a prisoner to so many other things, there is an answer to who will set you free. And it's not about making your life more acceptable and, and sort of just going, well, I'm just, going to ex go, I'm, I'm just going to settle here. It's not about sort of dressing up your cage so that everyone else will be more impressed with, with your life. It's not about sort of going, um, like trying harder to get yourself out of the cage because we are trapped in there. It's about letting the one who has the keys come to us. Galatians 3.22 says, But scripture declares that the whole world is a prisoner of sin. So that means none of us here get away with it. Like, like not, not the pastor, not the person who's walked in through the door for the first day. No, we are all in the same boat. We are all in this together. Without Jesus, we are here. so that what was promised being given through faith in Christ Jesus might be given to those who believe. There is a promise here for us that even though we are trapped um, according to our sin, are trapped according to all those things I talked about before, our hurts, our pain, our past, our future, our present, 
Even though we are trapped by that, there is a promise of one who will come and set us free. But like that video before the service, before the sermon, basically sometimes we are offered freedom and we reject it. We say, no thanks, I'm enjoying my cage. No thanks, it's quite comfortable in there. No thanks, I don't know what I'd do out there. And so it does come down to us at times to say, will I walk into the freedom that is promised or I stay in my cage? And over the next few weeks, we're going to explore this idea more of what it is to live free. And if you feel trapped, if you feel imprisoned, I encourage you, be here for the next few weeks as we walk walk together and, 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 and discover how we can be free in Jesus Christ. Lord, I want to thank you for today and for the opportunity to come and to to be in your presence, to know that there is freedom in our life that we can have. But Lord, some of us are right in the middle of this cage. It is locked up tight. We can't see a way out. And I pray that we would be willing to look beyond our own abilities, beyond, I suppose, the mirage of our life that we may settle for and say, I really truly want to be free. Help us to be, to be here over the next few weeks to discover that together and to sort of journey through that as we find a way to not only be set free but to live free through the one who promised to give us life in abundance. And his name is Jesus Christ. I pray this in your name. Amen.